Let's set the scene. We're in Hollywood. It's nearly Christmas, 2016. Inside the walls of Larson Studios, one of the largest post-production houses in show business, are the secrets to some of Hollywood's biggest upcoming releases. Spanning some of the most highly anticipated comedies, dramas, reality shows, and movies. For huge networks like CBS, Disney, and Netflix. And this family-owned business holds the trusted key to this magical content. But imagine if suddenly some of these treasures were stolen by a phantom digital prowler sneaking silently through the virtual world. Who would dare to challenge these titans of entertainment? I'm Adrian Lester. Join me as we explore the story of the Dark Overlord's audacious assault on Hollywood. Welcome to True Cybercrime Stories. It's two days before Christmas. People across the city of Los Angeles are rushing around buying last-minute gifts, catching up for seasonal drinks with family and friends, and trying to finish that final bit of work before closing for the holidays. Rick Larson and his wife and business partner Jill, owners of Larson Studios, receive two seemingly innocent messages on their phones. Hello, Rick. Hello, Jill. In the busy run-up to Christmas with other things on their minds, they simply ignore them. Little do they know, these messages mark the beginning of a high-stakes digital game of cat and mouse. Now, Larson Studios isn't just any studio. Nestled in the heart of Hollywood, it's renowned for its post-production prowess. It's where the final touches to the sound of a film or TV show are finessed, ahead of their mainstream release. The team collaborates with industry heavyweights and are particularly known for their work on the hit Netflix series, Orange is the New Black. Christmas Eve. As the festive spirit engulfs the world outside, the Larson's world inside is jolted by another sharp beep. Another cryptic text message arrives. Why are you ignoring me? Check your email for a message that will change your life. The couple remains unsuspecting, brushing off the messages as merely unsolicited communications, likely a case of mistaken identity. But when they do open their email the next day, Christmas Day, the gravity of the situation comes crashing down upon them. Greetings, Larson Studios. We have broken into your server. Prepare, for the world may soon see what we have. The email is from a group of hackers calling themselves the Dark Overlord. Larson's trusted engineers, David Dundorf and Chris Unthank, are called straight away. They rush to the studio to check their servers. There is a static-filled silence. The kind of hush that's almost loud, 
like an old television set left on an unused channel. Their findings? Catastrophic. Data stolen. Servers wiped. Once I was able to look at our server, my hands started shaking and I almost threw up, Chris Unthank recalls. The Dark Overlord are skilled enough to break into the most secure digital safes, take what they want, and then tell the owners they've done it. It's bold, audacious, and frightening. For many, computer servers might seem like enigmatic entities. But think of them as grand libraries or storerooms of treasure, repositories that cradle information, data, and in instances like Larson Studios, some of Hollywood's biggest secrets, their unreleased shows and films. Rick and Jill Larson are left in shock. Sifting through the mess, questions bubble up. How did this all happen? And why them? Imagine the Dark Overlord as a kind of opportunistic ghostly burglar, floating through a city made entirely of computers. It doesn't have a specific plan or target, it just wanders, trying every door it comes across, hoping to find one that's easy to slip through. In the endless city of computers, there was an old door at Larson Studios, one with an outdated lock. Once they had got through the door, they realized it was running an outdated security system known as Windows 7. This made it easy for the Dark Overlord to sneak through, undetected, and steal whatever they wanted. According to engineer David Dundorf, they were basically just trolling around to see if they could find a computer that they could open. Now, in the midst of this turmoil, the Larsons find themselves at a pivotal moment. The ultimate question is, do they engage with this digital tormentor or stay silent, hoping the storm passes by? David takes a decisive step. He contacts the FBI, pulling Larson Studios from the dark alleyways of cybercrime into the glaring spotlight of a federal investigation. The Larsons, accustomed to operating in the glitzy world of Hollywood, now find themselves navigating a maze of law enforcement protocols, awaiting guidance and hoping for a swift resolution. But as they soon realize, dealing with a faceless hacker on one end and the vast machinery of the federal agency on the other presents its own set of challenges. Suddenly, they're hit with a stark choice from the Dark Overlord. Pay up or watch as Hollywood's unreleased blockbusters are paraded for the world to see. The price for their safe return? 50 Bitcoin, equivalent then to $50,000. It's a difficult decision. Should they hand over the funds, potentially greenlighting more cyber threats in the future, or should they stand firm, even if it means risking a seismic scandal? The clock is ticking, and the Dark Overlord grows impatient. They up the stakes, threatening a pre-New Year release of one of Netflix's biggest hits, 
Orange is the New Black. The Larsons, still dealing with the paperwork the FBI need, haven't been given any advice on how to handle ransom demands. To buy themselves some time, the Larsons initially agree to cooperate. But in the meantime, they decide to hire private security experts to gain insight into the Dark Overlord's track record to try and find out exactly who or what they're dealing with. So the Dark Overlord Hacking Group is known for hacking multiple organisations in the US and the UK in demand for a ransom. That's Joanna Steed. She's a leader in BT's team of consultants that support customers with their cybersecurity. And the crimes the group have claimed responsibility for include hacking a number of healthcare organisations and selling hundreds of thousands of patient records on the dark web and sending millions of patient records from an unnamed healthcare insurance provider. It reveals a disturbing pattern. The hacker's digital fingerprints are everywhere from past assaults on businesses to even targeting charities. These cybercriminals pull no punches when deciding who they will extort for money. But there's a glimmer of hope. Previous victims who'd paid ransoms reported the return of their stolen data. The unspoken code seemed to suggest that once paid, the Dark Overlord would retreat. The Larsons ask for proof of the stolen goods before deciding if they'll hand over anything. This involves extensive emailing back and forth with the hackers to try and find out exactly what they've got. This takes up most of January. By the end of the month, the Dark Overlord flaunts their loot, providing indisputable evidence of prized content from industry heavyweights. Netflix, ABC, CBS, Disney. Faced with this exposure, Rick and Jill lean towards a daunting decision. To protect their clients and reputation, perhaps payment is the way forward. But the world of cryptocurrency is a labyrinth, fraught with complexities. The Larson's attempts to navigate this technological maze do not go unnoticed. Alarm bells ring at their bank, leading to another fateful call from the FBI. This time, the advice is not to give in to the Dark Overlord's demands, but that ultimately, the decision is theirs. Aiming to protect their studio's reputation and the trust of their clients, the Larsons decide to pay. Jill, navigating the tricky world of Bitcoin, makes a staggering 19 transactions across a tense week in February. Each click, each transfer, hoping to appease the Dark Overlord. Finally, the hackers acknowledge the full payment, allowing Larson Studios a momentary sigh of relief. But in this virtual tug-of-war, one wonders, is it now all over? Will this move bring resolution? Or further entangle Larson Studios in the hacker's malevolent web? March 31st. Another twist. Discovered through another call with the FBI. The Dark Overlord blindsides Rick and Jill. 
The FBI shares with them that the hackers are using the stolen shows and holding them over the heads of various Hollywood studios, notably Netflix, attempting to extract more ransoms. This revelation reverberates like an electric shock and the entire industry is jolted, alerting everyone to the threats posed by cybercriminals. You can picture it. One by one, the security departments from these studios pick up their phones, their calls flooding into Larson Studios, demanding information on the security breach that has jeopardized their big-budget productions. It seems that in Hollywood, bad news travels fast. With the FBI's discoveries, the entire community finds itself on high alert. The breach isn't just Larson's problem anymore. It's Hollywood's. Under the Dark Overlord's shadow, the Larsons have kept the breach from the public eye, even when the hackers craftily tested their silence. But now, forced into the spotlight, they lay out the saga to the studios. Reactions vary. Some decide to take their business elsewhere, yet the majority stand firm and united with Larson Studios. Amidst this chaos, Another curveball from the Dark Overlord. They're watching, and they aren't happy. The Larsons, by talking to the FBI, have apparently violated the hackers' trust. Their retaliation is swift and strategic. They release a single episode of the much-anticipated Orange is the New Black on a file-sharing site called The Pirate Bay. It's a warning shot, alerting the Larsons and the affiliated studios that these aren't empty threats. Their message is unambiguous. Pay up or more leaks will follow. But Netflix doesn't bend, holding firm against the mounting threat. Frustrated and seeking to escalate the situation, the Dark Overlord unleashes nine more episodes stealing the thunder from Netflix's official launch, a whole month and a half ahead of schedule. It didn't have to be this way, Netflix, said the Dark Overlord in a message when releasing the episodes. You're going to lose a lot more money in all of this than what our modest offer was. The battle lines are now clearly drawn. In a twisted attempt to justify their actions, the Dark Overlord sends another message directly to the Larsons. They said they felt they owed us an explanation as to why they had done it, says Jill. The hackers claim the Larson's communication with the FBI is a betrayal and that the releases serve as a punishment, a slap on the wrist for perceived transgressions. After this unprecedented leak from the hackers, the atmosphere within Hollywood shifts palpably. The internet goes wild. Some fans, unable to resist the lure, dive into the leaked episodes, while others, displaying loyalty to Netflix and the creators, decide to wait for the official release. Netflix acknowledges the hack but holds its cards close. It doesn't dance to the Dark Overlord's tune, refusing to be baited into a public negotiation or any ransom payment. Instead, its focus turns to bolstering its fortifications ensuring that its vast treasure trove of content remains secure. 
Yet, perhaps emboldened by their audacious act and the ripples it creates in the industry, the Dark Overlord continues their taunts on social platforms. Their message is clear. We have more, and we aren't afraid to release it. They prove true to their word. Not long after, episodes of ABC's show Steve Harvey's Thunderdome also find their way onto the web, well ahead of the official air date. Law enforcement agencies, with the FBI at the helm, redouble their efforts. But the Dark Overlord remain elusive. Within the entertainment industry, it's a wake-up call, and a sense of urgency emerges. Studios, big and small, embark on a thorough reassessment of their security infrastructure to minimize the threat of thefts and leaks. There's a determination, now more than ever, to protect the sanctity of content and to ensure that audiences experience stories as intended. The breach at Larson Studios is far from an isolated incident in Hollywood's storied history. The cinematic world has, over the years, found itself in the crosshairs of hackers with varied motives. In 2014, Sony Pictures suffered a huge data breach, with private emails, personal data, and several films leaked online. The culprits this time, allegedly state-sponsored hackers from North Korea, retaliating against the comedy film The Interview, which mocked their leader. And then there was the 2017 hacking of HBO, where a group demanded a multi-million dollar ransom after stealing scripts and episodes of Game of Thrones. These cyber bandits held HBO hostage, attempting to cash in on fans' insatiable curiosity. Such breaches serve as sobering reminders to the entertainment world and all of us of the inherent dangers in the digital age. If anyone, like Larson Studios, has treasure that's stored in a treasure chest that isn't secure, such as an outdated computer or operating system, then it's vulnerable to theft. So if I was in Hollywood, there are a number of basic measures that I'd be thinking about to lower the risk of being breached. It's critical to know your inventory, what assets you have where, they're accessible to who, and to ensure that routine software patching is never missed. Secondly, you've got to continuously assess threats. Now we all know the threat landscape is changing, and by continually assessing how the trends and attacker behavior relate to you and your organization, it's possible to establish an effective security program that's really focused on eliminating the highest priority risks to your business. And finally, you've got to be wise to internal or insider threat. An employee walking out of the door with sensitive information is just as deadly as a hacker breaking into your network and stealing it. And one of the easiest ways to infiltrate any organisation is through someone who works there. You know, it's rarely malicious, people get distracted, they make mistakes. It's human nature. If I was a leader in an organisation right now, I'd be asking myself, how easy is it for someone to confess to a cyber error in my organisation? What's the process and the payback reporting? And to what extent do the leaders in my business set an example? Hollywood, with its indomitable spirit, continues to rally, 
learning from past missteps, strengthening its defenses, and showcasing that, no matter the odds, the show must go on. In 2018, through the Trusted Partner Network, it implemented new safeguarding security measures industry-wide to help prevent leaks, breaches, and hacks. As for the Dark Overlord, their reign of terror remains a topic of much speculation. Although no one person was ever arrested or charged for the Netflix leak, a British man in 2020, who was a member of the group, was sentenced for a separate crime to five years in a US prison for identity theft and computer fraud. Meanwhile, the Larson studio hackers remain unidentified to this day, despite the best efforts of many. Masked by the vastness of the internet, who knows if or when they'll strike again. In the next installment of True Cybercrime Stories, the door through which the hackers infiltrate their victim isn't an outdated computer system. It's a sensor in a fish tank. And the victim is a huge casino in North America. True Cybercrime Stories is brought to you by BT, because BT means business. It's presented by me, Adrian Lester, and featured Joanna Steed. This series is brought to you by Audi. The producers are Yolen Goffin, Phil Brown, and Ivor Manley. Scripting is by Shanti Midnight, the executive producers are Harry Watson and Sally Miller. True Cybercrime Stories reimagines real events based on primary sources and publicly available news reports. No responsibility or liability is assumed for any errors or omissions. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are their own. 